is the nicest compliment I, I got from anyone up here. He's like, if Alan Pitts is 10, you should be eight. If he's four, you should be three. <laughs> Well, I think listeners to the Waggle podcast have been waiting for this for quite some time. It's a real treat. The uh, the Flutie brothers, Darren and Doug, gentlemen, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, welcome, to, welcome to the podcast here. Uh, thank you very much. It's fun to be back up and going to Great Cup and hanging out together and love the CFL. You guys, you guys haven't, you guys don't get a chance to get up here much, Doug. When was like you came up for an Argos reunion, but you, you we haven't seen you up here in a while. Uh, Argos, I, we had an Argos and a Calgary uh, Stampeders reunion this past off season i've got up to calgary for a couple of things i get up i get to toronto do some things go say hi to the guys but i haven't been to, to too many great cup events yeah i mean Darren. i haven't been up i think since the cbc kind of broadcasting i did which maybe 2005 2006 yeah but to just come up and enjoy the cfl and watch a game and be back with a group of people that really love the canadian football league i haven't done that we were just saying that you know, yesterday that we have to get back up here and do this more. Well, I was gonna, like, honestly, on behalf of, I think, every fan of the Canadian football, we miss you guys. Welcome back. <laughs> honestly. Thank you. It is great to be back and share memories with fans or guys that we see that we maybe played with or even some of the current players, you know, just to be around it and be a part of it again is, is a lot of fun. You know, you're, you're defined on, on so many different levels. Obviously, it's funny to think that you know, we were just talking in the in the newsroom the other day about how I think it was the 33rd anniversary of the, the Hail Mary with Boston College, the, sh the shock and awe over Miami. And so you're defined in that level. You're defined with, you know, the NFL experience as well and Flutie Flakes and, and all of that. And obviously defined as one of the great players, Doug, for in Canadian Football League history. But what does the CFL mean to you? It, it, well, I just said this a little while ago also. It put the fun back in football for me. I, I cherish those. I spent eight seasons. Loved every minute of it, uh, developed as a quarterback, and it really put the fun back in the game for me that, that I kind of got burnt out in the NFL in the late 80s, early 90s, and then I came up here. And then I've got a lot of close friends, guys like Pinball, Mazzotti, uh, Dave Sapungis over in Calgary. You know, the, the, we'll go back for the reunion, now we're all reconnected again. It just, it's a big, very big part of my life. How about you, Darren? What's, what's the CFL mean to you? Uh, well, I mean, it was a chance to keep playing the game I, I love and I did love at the time. So, you know, I had a shorter NFL experience than Doug, but it was that, you know, high tension. Every practice could be your last practice, you know, if you don't catch the ball well. And then got up to Canada and just the wide open game and the people we, we met up here. It just, um, I mean... I loved it very quickly. You know, within that first year in 91, joining Doug in British Columbia for those eight games, you know, you gotta you got be catching six, seven, eight balls a game. You're on every special teams, you know, it's football. You're playing every part of football. It was so much fun. The, tell me about how you guys got up here in the first place. You said, Doug, you said it, it made football fun again. And I'm sure it's the last thing you think of when you're a rock star player in the NCAA and then you're going to the National Football League. I mean. The Canadian Football League probably sounds like an outpost in some respects at that, at that sort of time, but maybe tell me how you got up here and then Darren can share your experience. Well. What happened for me was I, I had opportunities to be a starter, play, and I'd win football games. I had a great winning percentage. Uh, it wasn't always textbook. It wasn't great numbers. 
But I kind of got labeled as a backup quarterback. And I was uh, probably 28 years old at the time. And I could have resigned and been a backup somewhere. And I was getting frustrated because it was, you know, I thought I'd play the game until I was 32, 33 years old. I only had a few years left. I wanted to play. I didn't want to be a backup, holding a clipboard, holding for field goals. Especially in those days where careers were a lot shorter, right? Like, if you, by the time you were 32, even, like, never mind the 29-year-old running back, but 32 was like, you're old oh, now. Oh, exactly. You're old and... Young guys had to sit and wait their opportunity. They didn't just come in, get paid big money, and play right. So anyway, I wanted to, you know, before I couldn't play the game anymore, start playing. And I came up. I loved it. I had success and all that. I ended up playing until I was 43 years old. Yeah. I mean, I think mine was a little different in that uh, I went from B.C. to the Chargers, 88, 89, and whatever, 90. I was with the Cardinals, got hurt. So there was that, always that thought, because Doug was up here by then, mm-hmm. that if anything did go strange or didn't work out when I was in Phoenix at that time with the Cardinals, that maybe I could come up here and, and have a shot of playing up here. But the expectations were, I can't even remember what they were. I mean, maybe it was come up and play a few games and try to go back, or maybe it was come up and see if I'm good enough to play. And it was just a lot of uncertainty at that point. But I think, you know, I went up in 91 and stayed with Doug and didn't play right away. You know, I got to practice a few weeks and then I was activated and it was a lot of, oh, Doug Flutie's brother's on the team. You know, geez, I wonder if he's going to get the ball thrown to him. (laughs) So, you know, people from the outside looking in didn't necessarily think I was very good. So at that time it became personal. It was like, all right, well, I got to show these people I can play a little bit. So that started to be kind of my mantra in the CFL that I had to prove myself. And I think from 91 to 92, and then, it, you know, when Doug left to Calgary and I stayed in BC, that kind of created my independence as a CFL football player. So, you know, the rest is history. 7,800 yards that year with Danny? Who's counting? Who's counting? <laughs> That's, but, no, but that, you know, that, that, but that point, Doug, and, and you can maybe speak to this as a brother here and pump his tires, but, you know, Doug, you obviously, uh, from your, you've got legendary status in the CFL, and I, and I, you know, you can be humble and all that, but I think, you know, Canadian Football League fans know what you did and, and the success that you had. But, Darren, you might fly under the radar, might be one of the most underappreciated stars, I think, in CFL history. And I'm not just saying that because you're here on the show, but you put up incredible numbers, but sometimes you fly under the radar because of, you know, of you Doug here. But you put up big numbers. You won pretty much everywhere you went. Let me put it this way. He left the CFL as the all-time leading receiver receptions-wise, number two in yardage when he decided to retire. And he still had a couple years left in him. I don't know why he retired. I wanted to slap him. <laughs> really? Um, he played eight games together with me and had around 900 yards in the eight games and then 1,700 yards the next year and just racked up. It didn't matter who was thrown. Now, he and Danny McManus wound up playing a lot together. But when he got up here, I, I was like, I was relieved because now I had a guy that was a route runner. I had a guy that was a route runner, understood reading coverage, getting open, all the little things. And when you needed conversions on second and six, second and eight, he's going to do it. So I got excited about it. Then we ended up only playing eight games together. How, how, how did that not wind up? How did you guys not wind up playing more? Uh, or is it just you guys own... hated each other that much no, as brothers, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, we definitely wanted to keep playing together, but it was – I think it was always going to be Doug had proved himself at that point, and he was a big name, and he was getting drawn different ways with Calgary, and, and teams wanted him, but they weren't quite sure. You know, Darren, did I have a good year that first year in 91 because my brother was the quarterback and he was pumping me ball, the ball? And if I came to Calgary and it didn't work out with me, you know, how would Doug react to that or something? So a little bit of that went on 
93, 94. And then once that had happened, you know, I had started to carve out my own career path and Doug certainly had his. There was just no going back. I mean, if we had stayed together from the beginning, I don't know if I ever would have got out of his shadow. It would have been like, yeah, we played together and he had a lot of catches, a lot of yards, but you know, it's easy when you get the ball thrown 14 times a game. Darren was still rated in the top 50 all-time players in Canadian football. Yeah, and, so. rightly, and, and, and rightly so, obviously. Would well, be Ron fun. Lancaster, my coach, Ron Lancaster yeah. Sr., who since left us, and uh, was a great coach, so good to me. Uh, he called me when I was the 50th, the bookends, you know, Doug being one, I would being 50, and he was so upset. He's like, Darren, it's just a travesty that they put you at 50 at this was the nicest compliment I, I got from anyone up here. He's like, if Alan Pitts, Pitts is 10, you should be eight. If he's four, you should be three. <laughs> because you were better than, I'm not saying yeah, I was no, better yeah. than Alan Pitts. No, I'm but saying, it's nice. It's a nice yeah. compliment for right. a guy who was one of the greatest players That's right. in CFL history in his own of, right, Ronnie Lancaster, yeah. and an incredible coach. And, and yeah, you never see yourself kind of the way other people see you. So it was nice to hear from Ronnie. Yeah, part of the other thing with uh, why we ended up not playing together a lot of times was they knew we, the GMs knew we wanted to play together. So if one of us was somewhere and the other was a free agent, they would underbid you. Like, you know, when I was in Calgary and I wanted Darren to come over to Calgary, they wouldn't pay him anything because they knew he wanted to be there. Aww. So they were making him lowball offers. And I even said, I go, Darren, I'll just give you the rest on top. I'll top you but up. But that wasn't. Yeah. That wasn't the point. The point is, pay me what I'm worth. Yeah. And, and that right. wasn't happening yeah. either way. It's like the first year that I came over to Calgary, I wanted to stay in British Columbia. Mm-hmm. But they knew I wanted to stay in British Columbia and were low-balling me there. It's like, just, yeah. just bring, I said, just meet me halfway. Just get kind of close to what Calgary is offering, and I'm staying because we wanted to play together. And it wouldn't happen because they, they were trying to – to work it on both ends. And that was my great motivation to come back and just slam Calgary in the playoffs every chance just, I could get. <laughs> <laughs> they never offered me a contract that I could play with my brother, so I thought I'd make big yeah. plays at the end of games to beat them. Yeah. How much fun did you guys have playing together? I mean, to, to go through, and I, it's funny, like I look at, I've got two young daughters myself, and they're six and nine, and they strangle and they hate each other in so many levels, right? You know, there's at least one screaming match a day in the house, right? And I always think, it reminds me of like my younger sister and I, where you know, we were cats and dogs, and now we're like besties now at, at, at our respective ages. And I was, you know, she's turning 40, and we're super close. But well, for sure you guys to go through that, I'm sure you guys are probably the same thing, sibling rivalry, yeah. but then you're playing together. I mean, how much fun was that? Or was it? Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, at the time, you, you're, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're working hard. You're trying to help your team win. That's really what we were doing. But we were... We knew we were playing together, and this might not happen a lot, and we had a lot of fun. We were talking about this yesterday, I think, in the car. We were going through certain games, and we were talking about the game at Calgary. It was very early, maybe the second game I played up here, and I had almost 300 yards receiving. I had three touchdowns, and we were talking about the screen that broke down, and I was getting very tired. I wasn't used to all the running, and he was, like, throwing me passes that I had to stretch out for and go get, and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Doug, you're smiling. There's had, a story that stands well, out. He's having a day, right? We had a couple of other receivers were banged up. I, he was the only one I had to throw the ball to. And they were trying to double Darren. They were try- he winds up with like 275, near 300 yards, three or four touchdowns, all this stuff, right? And he's, he's dying over there. I see him. He's dying. So, <laughs> so I, call, I call a screen pass. 
So I'm rolling right. It's going to be a throwback screen. And Darren just kind of jogs off the line of scrimmage and takes a playoff to get some catches wind. And I look back. The screen's covered. They diagnose. They see it. So I hang on the ball. I scramble around. I turn around. All of a sudden, Darren's downfield like 30 yards all by himself. No one near him. So I pull up and I throw the ball downfield. Well, there was a free safety in the middle of the field. So I threw it over his opposite shoulder to get Darren running in the opposite direction to be running away from the safety so he could still score. So he saw the ball in the air and then he had to accelerate and go get it and run it. And then it was like a 70 yard touchdown. First thing out of his, first thing out of his mouth, he goes, why the hell did you throw it all the way over? Just throw it to me. He was, but yeah, there were some fun times. I mean, there were, you know, hand signals over the ball, things like that, where we only, we only had those eight games together, but they were pretty special. Yeah, and there was definitely a few times that I think the brother thing had kicked in. I mean, we could, there were a bunch of them, but the one in Hamilton towards the end, we didn't even win the game, but it was a cover zero, and I was getting double teamed inside out. So instead of breaking in or breaking out to get open versus the blitz, which you would normally do, he kind of gave me a head nod, and I would know instantly, I'll just go take the middle, right, because there's no free safety unsaid we hadn't practiced it or anything but it was as soon as I turned my head at like 12 yards to peak the ball was coming over my left shoulder just perfectly thrown and I mean that couldn't have happened I don't think with any other quarterback for me it's just the type of stuff we you know talking football our whole lives we knew that was that was the way to handle that coverage that situation what was the brother what was the uh, what was the relationship like uh, as kids were you guys were you guys super tight did you guys play a lot of sports together or was there in terms of the age gap playing different levels uh, we never got to play together through little league and all that because it was a four-year difference mm -hmm. we did play a year together in college his freshman year was my senior year uh, and that was special I got a touchdown pass and we had a couple touchdowns at the end of the game but growing up uh, I was having success there was a little younger and there was some animosity I and mean, we got in our share of fights and all that stuff but when we played together it was us against the world and we have an, i have an older brother bill the three of us when we played together it was us against the world and it's always been that way so i mean i i remember vividly the first touchdown pass to him from college years how special that was how special it was to me when when he came to boston college and made that decision um but you know my high school career very mediocre. I won a bunch of games, but we never won anything special. He never lost a game in high school. He, you know, he was head and shoulders above where I was coming up through high school athletically. I always said he's he's faster, he's stronger, and he was a better athlete. So you didn't you didn't feel the pressure at all, like trying to follow in in Big Brother's footsteps or anything like that, or you were already getting your own well, tires pumped. It, it was tough to avoid. I mean, I went to Natick High after Doug had, and my brother Bill had been yeah. in Natick High, and then I followed. And was Bill a good athlete too? Yeah, so he played three sports, you know, went to Brown and played well. He wasn't dog athletically, but not many people are. But I would say what, what helped me a lot was that it, Doug at one point, I don't know when it was, had started to become one of my biggest supporters and, you know, cheering, being at a lot of my games, even when all that stuff with BC was going on. I remember w scoring the winning touchdown at Natick in this huge high school game in Massachusetts, one of the greatest games ever played. And as, as soon as I crossed the end zone, I'm jumping into my brother's arms because he was right there watching the football game. And, you know, he would be at a lot of my games supporting me. So I think that made everything a lot easier, you know, kind of following him to BC, even coming up here to Canada and playing with him for a few games. A lot easier because he was very supportive of me and respected me. What, uh, Doug, I'm always curious because this particular year you had anniversaries for both the Argos and the Stamps. and 
it's funny living in Vancouver these days. There's, you know, you're revered in Vancouver as well. Are, do you define yourself as, as 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 an Argo, a Stamp, or a Lion at all? I really don't. Uh, it's it's kind. Of, I'm, my first two years were in British Columbia, and and that kicked it off. Uh, my and first, you wanted to stay there. You were saying my, I would have loved to stay there to play with Darren. No doubt about it. I enjoyed my experience there. I was fired up to be there. The Calgary thing was my first my first championship, my first Grey Cup championship. Mm -hmm. And then when I got to Toronto, it was two for two. So that was special. So every place has a special spot in, in my heart for me. And, and it's like even this game, I wanted to get a, a Stamps and an Argos jersey and blend them together and go half and half. And I started to do that. And I'm like, no, that's corny. I don't do that. <laughs> you don't so, um, so you're but, Switzerland. You're yeah, Switzerland. I'm Switzerland. I stay neutral. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, I mean, to me, I'm, I, I, I define you as a, as a Hamilton tie cat. I mean, do you feel that way? Well, I mean, British Columbia was great to me. Yeah. That was the first team I played for, and I have great memories of my teammates there and my coaches and Coach Obilovich bringing me in and being very supportive even after Doug had gone to Calgary. So I feel thankful for that. My stop in Edmonton. Edmonton is the traditional kind of team yeah. here, and that was great. But the time I spent with Coach Lancaster and with Danny McManus, kind of Edmonton and definitely into Hamilton those last five years, I mean, I have to identify myself as a tie cat because those were the kind of the best years of my career. Yeah, and it's it's hard to believe it's been 18 years, I think, since that last Grey Cup victory. I mean, you kind of shake time. your head going, what happened yeah. here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was actually surprised that Hamilton hadn't won a Grey Cup since that 99 Grey Cup. That's, I guess we're kind of proud to be the team that won the last Grey Cup, but they need to win a few more. How was your, <laughs> tell me, with all the rules and, and all the adjustments that have made where, you know, football, whether it's the National Football League, whether it's college football or the Canadian Football League, is, you know, it's, the rules have changed to really benefit offenses, I feel. In, in, in today. How, would you go, how would your style be conducive today, Darren? Would it, be, would, it, would, it be, would it benefit your game? Well, I mean, the CFL rules, I think, benefit my game. I, I the motion, the pre-snap motion at slot back, when I moved from wide out to slot back, I was able to really take advantage of like starting in the backfield, faking like I'm going out to right, coming back to left, timing it right, and getting away from really that static press coverage versus big linebackers and big defensive mm -hmm. backs. I mean, I, I was able to do that very well, which helped me set, out, set up my routes well. And I mean, Canada's a bigger field, so, you know, the speed does come into play, and I wasn't the fastest receiver, but I could get in and out of my cuts. I could get open. I could catch the ball. And it, whether you're playing in the CFL or the NFL or in the backyard, really, that's, in the end, what you're supposed to do as a receiver. So I felt like I could do that, and I could do that well. All right. How about you, Doug? Well, I'm fired. I would be fired up about the rules, in the, especially in the NFL now. You can't hit the quarterback. You can't hit him below the waist. You can't hit him in the head. I'm 5'10". They got about a foot and a half to hit, and that's it. All I got to do is duck down a little. I'm getting 15-yard penalties. <laughs> you throw the ball downfield, and they're bumping and banging. They can actually, in the CFL now, review an interference call. You can challenge interference. Mm -hmm. So all the hand fight, there's hand fighting that goes on on every play down the field. I, if I were in this, I would just throw it up for grabs down the field, and the defensive back puts his hand on your guy, challenge it, because you're going to get the call. Um, so is it for the better or worse, then? I think... The challenge part, to be able to challenge a judgment call is not, not good. I don't think they should be challenging interference calls. When it's cut and dry, spotting of a ball, when it's a, 
uh, offside, not offside, but I don't know. The, the but you can challenge the penalties now in the sense that, and I mean, the old adage was always you could find a hold on every play on the yeah, line, you can. right? And now it's like so you can if find you a hand, if, if you have a crucial third down conversion yeah. that you don't get, just challenge. Yeah, there was holding on the play. Yeah, you know, or there he was uh, pass interference, whatever here, it is, exactly, because you're gonna find something. But I, I, I think the NFL game has become more and more like the CFL game that we play spread offenses started slinging around the field spread people you got down there and everything got condensed and they started going extra tight ends and hammering the football and all that and when we came up here it was different and now this game has trickled down to down there where they're going no huddle they're up tempo teams that throw the ball a lot and um there were a lot you know two-point conversion everything else slowly has worked its way into that and that's what to me made this game more exciting um you know, I'll, I'll say this just as we wind things up here, and thank you so much for doing this, by the way, both of you guys. Sure. You know, I'll say, when I bro breaking into the business, uh, you know, back in the mid-90s, you know, you guys were always very affable, very accessible. Uh, I'll say this, Doug, you know, you were kind of the face of the league in the mid-90s, and I remember, you know, covering the old Ottawa Rough Riders kind of when they were on their last legs, and you are coming through with the Argos. And I remember looking to try to interview, there was a guy who was on your team named Rob Waldrop. Mm -hmm. And I remember you walking around and I was kind of looking aimlessly working in radio at the time locally here in Ottawa. And, and I remember you stopped and you said, you looking for somebody? And I said, I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find Rob. And he said, I, I don't see him out here, but you know, if I see him inside the room and you were going back in the room, I'll, I'll let him know you're looking for him. Now in my mind, I'm going, holy crap. You know, and I'm like 20 years old at the time. I'm like, holy crap. Here's like, this is Doug Flutie who's going into this, you know, like, but I'm also kind of like, you know, like he's going to go and actually do this for me. And I, and I remember you coming out of the room about 10 minutes later, right before practice is about to start here at the old Frank Clair Stadium. I remember you made a point of coming over to say, hey, I can't find Rob, but when I see him, I'll let him know you're looking for him. And that, for me, I always resonated for as a kid. I always thought, like, just as a new, you didn't have to do that. And I always thought that was so, I, I kind of defined what the CFL was, where kind of like, Here's the league's biggest star doing a chore for me <laughs> when he didn't need to. So I'll say this some 20 years later. Thank you very much for that, Darren. Thank you very much as well. I hope to see you guys, and I think every CFL fan hopes to see you guys up here more often because you guys are great ambassadors for the sport. You're two of the best players this league has seen. So hopefully you guys aren't here just one well, off every yeah. 10 years, yep. okay? Well, we appreciate that, and we will be around. We just don't want to be those old guys that are over in the corner telling the boring stories. Yeah. No, but those are guys that are fun at parties, man. Come on. <laughs> hey, the Fluties are telling stories again, okay? <laughs> can he, hey, do you have a Bostonian accent you can give us real quick? Uh, I certainly don't. Come we on. Actually, I hear a hint of yours, Darren. How's your, how's your Boston accent? We my, actually Mike from the band? My, our parents from were from Baltimore, yeah. so we didn't really grow up with the true Boston accent. Oh, we I'm can, so, you know what? Try to there was a, you know what? Before we hit record on this, before you sat at the table, Mike was also in your band here. Uh, the, by the way, the Flutie band has been playing this Grey Cup weekend all, you know, was due for another conversation another time. But there was a word that Doug was supposed to kind of. There's a slight hint of an accent that both Darren and Only Mike were talking about Only. to see how can we oh, get wa wash. Wash. wash wash That's see, that's Baltimore. That's not that's not Boston. That's from mom and dad. We when when you're in Baltimore, you throw R's in there, mm -hmm. and when you're in Boston, you don't pronounce your R's. So it's mother, father, sister. Uh, Warsh. Uh, Warsh, Washington. Uh, Washington, that's right. I used to Washington. 
Anyway. Like the first president of the United States, yes. George Washington. Washington. Yeah. Who knew? Uh, rewriting history, one podcast. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the Flutie brothers, Darren and Doug, joining us here on The Waggle. Thanks, guys. Thanks yeah. a lot. Thank you.